Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. <clears throat> this is television that you watch with your third eye, and I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to talk about the very important subject of spirituality in everyday life. One of the things I hear a lot is people feeling like they have to step out of this mad rat race in order to find their spiritual self. But there really is a reason behind everything, behind our creations. And whatever we flee is going to pursue us until we love it, which is something we've said for ages on, on this. Mm -hmm. You have to love it away. You can't hate things away. You can't push things away. So first, I thought I would introduce the idea of what is your definition of spirituality anyway? Is it, um, is your definition uh, being in a cave without a lot of stress and input? And uh, is it finding that safe place within the universe? Or is it seeing that the entire thing is the safe universe and therefore every experience is safe? Mm -hmm. I think uh, sometimes we um, choose to define it and, and concentrate our focus on getting away from things and that's spirituality, but what if your, your definition of spirituality was really to focus it on your experiences that you're having? Mm -hmm. Then you don't have to run and flee from it. Yeah, and being in touch with your spirit throughout, you know, it's when you, um, you know, they had those ads for Snickers, you're not yourself when you're hungry, you're not yourself when you're angry, you're not yourself when you're, you know, and the list is really rather endless about when we are not ourselves, and that, that would, um, begs the question, when are you yourself? Mm -hmm. And uh, that is when you are connected to the higher parts of yourself that are making decisions for you down here. So the more you can remain spiritual, in touch with spirit. So, and all of these things that trick us and get us <coughs> to forget to be in touch with our spirituality uh, feared out, worry, guilt, need, greed, uh, insecurity, all of these things um, that uh, shut down our brain function and uh, then we go on an unconscious rant and then uh, there's uh, apologies and flowers and gifts and restraining orders and you know who knows what might have happened yeah. during that time. Yeah. You weren't you. And um, so it, <coughs> in the life that I'm working on as me, which is the only one I can really work on, uh, I find that it's helpful to meditate on a regular basis so that there's, you know, I, I have safeguards. I was just driving and um, this afternoon and I thought, yeah, you know, it's easier if I'm just relaxed rather than going someplace. I'm just, you know, in the moment. And so all of these moments by which we can um, uh, do this reset within ourselves is where we become in touch with our spirituality. Well, that is a very good point. And, and that is one of the many, many different ways to, to remain in touch. But if we define spirituality, I hear a lot of people, they may not realize they're doing this, and plus I've been there myself, so I, I know firsthand. But are we defining our spirituality as escaping from a prison of physical reality? Or are we describing it as uh, being part of it and having the experience? So are we here to escape or are we here to grow? And so it gets back to that fundamental question from the Seth books many years ago, which I've said on the show many times, 
we live in a safe universe or we're safe within the universe. And it's really for us each to figure that out. Um, if you say I'm safe within the universe, then you're going to have all these places that are unsafe and you're going to be fleeing for your life and defending and all that. Or it's a safe universe and you can grow. So it just makes plain logical sense to me. And I'm going to first start talking about the work workplace and, and bringing spirituality into your everyday life. As long as you see it as this thing that you flee to on the top of a mountain or in a cave in Tibet, you're never going to be happy in any of the earth plane experiences because you're going to be trying to get away from them perpetually. You're going to be in a state of constant resistance rather than growth. So the workplace is a place that often people resist. You can walk into a grocery store, any place, and the person checking you out a large percentage of the time is going to be trying to flee that job in telling everybody that gets in their line how terrible they have it and it's not five o'clock yet and I had to work two hours overtime yesterday and everybody sees this world as a big hardship in their workplace. Um, so just a couple thoughts. Um, what what you're resisting in the workplace is is really your next step so why don't you look at it and what if you went into work tomorrow with the idea that the workplace was the very perfect Tibetan cave for you to be in in order to get to your growth, your next growth? You would treat it much more sacredly and you would look at everything that came to you as a gift instead of a hardship. It's just food for thought. If we're here and we're going to do it anyway, it's all a matter of perspective. See everything you do, and, and we'll talk about the workplace for a minute, as a sacred ground. Every step I take is on holy ground. It's one of my uh, affirmation cards in the chakra affirmation deck. And I think that's a good one to say to yourself every day. And it is the truth. That is the matter of it. So um, the only slavery is judgment, which we've said completely forever mm -hmm. on the show. Um, uh, once we stop judging things as right and wrong and against us or in our favor and the thousand other little judgments that keep us from actually connecting <coughs> to what it is we're doing, uh, there's a break in there. Your ears will actually pop. When you are in touch with your spirituality, everything is good. Everything is flowing. Everything is the way it's supposed to be. We, we forever on this program are unmasking these little games we play with ourselves uh, that keep us from being um, happy. Uh, and we play all the games that make us miserable. How's that for clever? Yeah? Okay. Well, we do. So let's play some games that make us happy. That's a much more interesting thing to do as far as I'm concerned. Uh, one of these games are is to realize the uh, one of the major um, uh, clamped on bites that uh, judgment has on us is that um, we judge everybody by their deeds, but we judge ourselves by our intent. Now, if we could reverse that, <laughs> that would put an end to a huge amount of this nonsense we seem to be well, wading through on a daily basis. I really think that that is a key. It's something yeah. that I, I've worked with when I work with people is to really find what is your, your authentic what is the motive behind this? Yeah. Because I found that I, you probably heard me say this a million times, but that I would 
something would happen, somebody would be mad, and it's like, oh, or upset or hurt, and I, oh my gosh, I feel so compassionate for this person. And then I step back and say, well, I didn't do anything with a deliberate intent to harm them, and, and so I'm not gonna beat myself up anymore. Well, one of the great but, ironies of understanding that, we, you know, the judgment of other people by their deeds and us by our intent is that <clears throat> even if we switch it off and we're, we're looking for other people's intent and everything, and we are just looking at our deeds, yeah. it all turns out to be love. It doesn't make any difference what point. little words you <coughs> use to separate it from itself, because absolutely everything turns out to be love. Yeah. And, oh, go ahead. The final point in that is that uh, one of Drunvalo's books started to list triple numbers, which was very interesting, and I followed. And I want to bring up 555, the triple number 555, and Drunvalo's Tranvelo's translation of 555 is to remember that everyone is doing as well as they possibly can at that moment. In fact, there is no one who is not doing as well as they possibly can, including me, including you. Everyone is doing as well as they can. If you can get that to be an overriding factor in your thought analysis of the world that you're viewing, well, everyone's doing as well as they can. Okay, so. You know, that just excuses <coughs> all of the anger, fear, doubt, guilt in you. It's a very huge thing. I remember a boss of mine way back in the 80s or maybe early 90s talked about that. She said, look, everybody's always doing the best they can. Just, and it was very helpful. It was. Uh, one other thing I wanted to say about spirituality yeah. in the workplace is that the workplace and authority in general is where we deal with our issues of authority, our personal authority. And when we are kids, that authority figure is outside of us, in our parents, in, a, in the teachers at school, and then as we get older, they get into teachers and employers and banks and stuff like that. And so our representation of authority our icon of authority out there. We work on that because it really is about bringing the author of your own life back, the authority back inside yourself. As you said years ago when, uh, when that sign uh, said authorized vehicles only, yeah. I was driving, uh, hit a big traffic jam and there was a turnaround and I started to go down it and then I saw the sign authorized vehicles only and Neville says, well, authorize yourself. And it's true. I mean, authorized by who? What does that mean? It really made me think about this. So at any rate, I believe that much of our life, whether it's a power struggle with your mate or your roommate or your brother in your bedroom and you draw lines, this is my territory and this is yours, we are all here to understand what it is like to be an aspect of an entirety. And so the workplace can be a great place for that. And when you go into your job, no matter how much you may hate it or think you hate it and dread it every day, and I've been there and I know what that feels like, if you go into it as if it were a gift to teach you and to unite you with the future you, the future healed wise you, then you're going to look at it very differently. You will get the message, the lesson of why you're there, and then you will be able to grow from it and move on to your next thing. As long as you're resisting it, you'll, you'll leave that job and you'll end up sleeping on couches, trying to, trying to find your way. You know, Whatever you resist is gonna force itself back into your life. Well, this reminds me very clearly of the uh, Star Trek epithet 
uh, spoken by <laughs> Seven of Nine, who said resistance is futile. Futile. <laughs> yeah, uh, which happens to be an exact translation of the Buddhist concept, uh, all human suffering is caused by the argument of what is. So if we uh, declare peace with what is, it simply is, my foot fell off, whatever that is, you know, just is, well, nobody can get, nothing can get a handle on you. you it, it just is. I, I, pardon me for being the one that actually tells you, but whatever it is that's urinating you around the corner, it just is. Oh yeah, never thought of that. Hmm. Well, that's a lot easier. So acceptance is what's keeping us from uh, existing on the earth plane in complete and total spirituality 24-7. Uh, I'd figured out the math in my head, but I'm older now, and whatever number of days there are in a year times 24, uh, you know, that much, but that's just annually. There's decades and mm -hmm. centuries to figure this all and out. in multi-dimensional time. Yeah, well. and which is shifting, by the way. There's been enormous time shifts. I don't know who else. The, the sun is... Uh, giving off solar flares that seem to be uh, affecting... And you've been having them too? In a different way, hmm. yeah. Yeah, uh, I, so I've definitely had that in the last few days, yeah. but... Um, I'd ask people to call in if they've had things well, like that. Well, yeah, we'll that, they're to free that. too, but yeah. you know, maybe on, on this topic is a, a good thing because there's mm -hmm. so much to be said on this, bringing your spirituality. Uh, of course, the time shifts are important. I think I was telling you I was experiencing that the other mm -hmm. day, and, yeah. and boy. Um, well, th then there's the area of friends and acquaintances. And I really do feel that one of the things we learn in that setting is mm -hmm. self-love. And also, we act out what we think we lost from our family of origin, what we felt we lacked, we didn't have. And I'll share something personal about myself uh, in this regard. I saw that I was... Um, taking a step out. I'm, I'm actually not a very social person. I like to just explore spirituality and do these things all the time. Uh, work on website design decks. I just have huge amounts of stuff I work on. And I decided to step out and I realized that it could be very, uh, not very pleasant sometimes in a group setting with acquaintances and friends and, and stuff like that. And so I asked, what is it teaching me? And I realized that I was in there attempting on some subconscious level to recreate friendships like I had with my sister who has mm -hmm. been in spirit since, uh, I don't know, like 11 years now, since 2003. And once I realized that, that this thing that I'm attempting to create out here really is about this, recreating this, everything became peaceful immediately. Mm. And Very so if, you're, if that's a trouble spot for you where you keep having friends that stab you in the back or friends that ignore you or whatever your particular issue is, look and see what is that teaching you about an unhealed thing in your life from the past. So it's about self-love too because when we have friends, we are expected to give and be just 100% behind our friends. And then we get into this me era where it's got to be about me. So I think friends is where we learn to be a member of the me-we tribe, because the me can't live without the we, and the we can't live without the me. And speaking of which, we have a caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi. My name is Fred. Fred. I think you guys are awesome. And, uh, Thank one you. of the best things on TV. But uh, uh, 
the main point I want to ask is about the universe, whether or not it's perfect. And I think, I believe in the past you said that it is. Yes. Uh, Let's see it not be. It is the idea of the acceptance of things being perfect. If you can just accept that everything's perfect, you can have the revelation that no matter what you do, it's going to be perfect. Which means that you don't have to do anything. Okay, now heretofore we've been very addicted to worry about what might or might not happen. Well, what about actual physical circumstances? Rather than the non-actual physical circumstances. Yeah, our reality is created by the way we perceive reality. If someone is... um, Suffering, Uh, suffering. That's the word you're looking for, suffering. All right, fine. So if someone is suffering, they have the idea that they're suffering. And so because they have this idea, they're creating that reality. You really think that? Some two-year-old in Africa is just creating their own reality? I guess that's true. Yes, you've heard of free will. Everyone has free will. I'd like like to comment on that because I, I... uh, I, I know exactly what Fred's talking about. I thought that many years back in the 70s, I had a chance to sit in front of a great deity uh, of our time, a great master, spiritual master. And, and I that, believe that. that That's was the, the thing about this show. I, I really think that's true. Go yeah. ahead. I'm sorry to oh. interrupt. Oh. Um, I had the occasion to ask about that very question because it didn't make sense. And I'm such a child advocate and an and a elderly advocate and a person advocate in general. And I walked through life, and I, I, I sat with the idea that we create our own reality. And one thing that I noticed is we never do it from a conscious level. I mean, we do. I don't mean it like that. But I'm talking about a child being sick that's two years old. Yeah, I hear now, you. It, I it's hear not, you. It's not really that they're creating this from a conscious level, but we have to look at a larger picture rather than this one. Because at some point, you have to believe that everything is random and we're, we're at the mercy of being victimized or there's some, uh, there's some uh, intelligence or consciousness guiding this. There's a book and about so, that, but go so, ahead. Okay, let me, if you're, if you're interested, I'll, I'll just finish this. Let's go ahead. Okay. Um, I had in a meditation one day, I asked how I could help those less fortunate than me in a better way. And Mother Teresa shows up in this meditation and says, what makes you think you are less fortunate, or there are those less fortunate than you? And to trim down that story, it was a profound realization to me that if I look at a homeless guy on the street freezing with nothing to eat, and I say, oh, out of guilt, I've got to help him, oh, that poor person, what I'm doing is validating through my judgment and comparison against me that he is having a bad experience. And I can't because we are all infinitely equal. And I can't tell you why he's choosing that experience on the street or that child on some higher level is choosing this experience. I can't profess to tell you that. All Neil, I can know Neil, Neil, is about me. Neil, I want to hear from me. Neil. Neil, I Neville, want Neil to chime in. Hi. About your child in Africa, the bigger picture is the idea that there's been a, this is not, you're looking at one tiny life out of thousands in both directions. So let's say that, uh, and, and the designing of all the lives is to get you to um, grow, to change, to evolve, uh, all of which are synonyms. Um, evolution is adaptation. So the child in the past life had done something to land him there. 
Well, that, you know, that's a common perspective. That's a source of, of philosophical discourse. You can't just announce these things like they're true. I guess they are. I mean, I, I really yes. love your show. Well, thank you very much. Um, but this is, uh, uh, the universe moves towards balance. So if I hurt someone, then I am either in this life or another life to be hurt. So what about Mr. Hitler? Um, there's a hot button still. All right, so I don't mean to cause stress. I, I just love your show. I'm just well, going to sign you. off now. Well, well, okay, thank you, Fred. Um, well, I'd just like to finish what I was saying. Yeah, go ahead. Um, because I, I don't know that Fred uh, is, is really open to hearing answers to, to just, what he's asking. Just, so yeah. I'd like to, you know, uh, finish this. The bottom line is, it's really not for us to say. And when you get out of the world of judgment, it just really is, for whatever reason. And it's, I do not feel that karma exists. I think that's a lower frequency concept, that I've stepped on someone in one life, I have to be stepped on. Because it's really not cause and effect, it's cause and choice. Someone throws a chair at you, the effect is you punch them. No, the, the cause is they throw a chair at you, you make a decision, you have a moment of consciousness and then you take the next step. It's not an automatic effect from that. And who knows? Nobody can tell you. There's no one except that child, its higher self, to tell you why they created that. It's our object to figure it out for ourselves why we create things and move forward. And the child has a full team of angels, guides, and a higher self. And what we can do is be compassionate and assist each other the best we can. But I really think moving away from judgment and not saying tit for tat, I did this, now this is going to happen, is the next wave of consciousness, honestly. Yeah, I quite agree. There's um, the idea that uh, the word karma, I feel, would be um, service well to replace it with the word education, mm -hmm. because that's really what it is. So, uh, and then karma can be a shortcut in a certain way. If I do something and, uh, evil and I'm therefore uh, in another life affected by evil in that way, mm -hmm. okay, if I um, go through suffering, uh, then I, I pay it off. Uh, but ultimately, it is that I grow. It doesn't matter the quid pro quo in it. It is the idea that once I have experienced enough trauma, the karma, trauma and karma, and boy, that's the deal there. Well, that so <laughs> let me finish that. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, no, go right that, ahead. That the um, uh, releasing of it, so this child is releasing an enormous amount of whatever it was that they did. Now, for all we know, that child comes to, grows up and creates an amazing uh, future for the entire of the human race. And if they hadn't suffered, uh, born in Africa that way, almost starving to death, almost dying, almost this, almost that, then they wouldn't have been in the karmic position to um, assist the whole group of us. Well, so that could, that could be, but it. I think even the object of looking for that implies that there must be a good thing in that pile of something. What if we're not even looking for anything? We just trust that there's a purpose. And yeah. what about, I'll just say this, and sure. we'll, we'll maybe uh, bring, go back to some spirituality in everyday life. I'm not sure. Go ahead. I mean, if we choose. But what if karma really means guilt? We get off the wheel of guilt, because if we step on someone, we feel guilty, so then we recreate it for ourselves, and it's really this larger construct of guilt. And I actually think there's yeah, a lot to that. Yeah, I see what that. you're saying. 
Okay, so, well, thank you, Fred. It's lovely to hear from you. And, and I remember asking that question and, and being mad at the universe over that question. And I think there was a time when I wasn't really ready to feel that because it seemed so unfair. And, and, and the anger, you know, uh, at the love that gets converted to anger because it feels like such a cruel place that children are getting harmed. And it used to be a very painful thing for me. And so I'm grateful for the experiences I had that brought my realization. Everybody has to make their own. Yeah, well, that is the point. The reason we incarnate is growth. That's the point. And so whatever words we play with in this process, and I agree we could really better understand words because uh, we don't seem to realize that we live in an endless stream of uh, decisions and what we consider to be an observation, you know, the child's suffering, that was a series of decisions. Um, you know, the, uh, at the moment where I was driving and I realized, why am I worried about how fast I'm going or any of the rest of this? Let's just enjoy the driving. That was a decision. Mm -hmm. So all of these observations that we have are in reality, and I'll back it up. Um, they are decisions that we make. And so if we uh, make the decision from a higher level, the child agreed to this device. And Fred, thanks, that was a lovely call. Please call in again when the opportunity occurs. Uh, but the child did this in order to be a better being. That's all we ever do. That's all everyone, no matter what they're doing, that's what they're up to. And sometimes it's a matter of being service to other people because yeah. Maybe it's about being of service to the parents so that the parents could feel, get past their guilt about something. You know, it's, it, we could come up with reasons till the cows come home. Yeah. And I could come up with many, but it's really only for that person to come up with. It's not for us. Yeah. It's not our place. I mean, it's, it, we can't possibly. So let's, let's go to the next category of family. This is another place when we're talking about bringing spirituality into our everyday life. Often we have a family situation where we are held in a mold. You're the youngest, sit at the card table at Thanksgiving, or you're the oldest, you have to be responsible, you have to be perfect. There's no way you can just take your job when you're 55 and say, I'm chucking it out the window and going on a road trip around the country. All right. It's like the family is there to really teach you about the molds and how much are you holding on to the identities placed on you by your family. It doesn't have to be family. It, it well, is we're correct. Talking family and at I, this I understand. Yeah, I get your point. But it is just the point that we have the idea, all of these little things that have happened to us in life, where we have the idea they're going to happen again if we don't guard against them. Same basic principle, you know, this, hmm. the, how we are molded by our experience. Yeah. So there's a moment by which you can just switch that off, um, where you just arbitrarily step to the next level of consciousness. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, that's that's good, but uh, I think there's a lot of truth in that for yeah. sure. Oh yeah. Um, I wasn't arguing. I, had, I had just um, had these it, things I wanted to share tonight, ahead. and I know uh, you do shows alone frequently, and so go this ahead. was something I, I just felt very compelled to to share with the world tonight, uh, since I uh, have never done a show alone uh, where I can uh, share these things. But the family is a place that people find it very hard to bring in their spirituality. You know, it's, it's often in conflict with their family. I, I, there are a lot of people where the, the wife 
doesn't feel at liberty to bring her spirituality because her husband thinks it's foo-foo or something, or, and it's uh, the, the family we grow up in. So it's a good place to bring your spirituality into there. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, so do you have any other things to uh, say about the family and bringing spirituality, like maybe some well, ideas? Well, one of the mechanisms in the family is guilt and guilt manipulation. And, you know, I don't want to come home to Thanksgiving because I just don't want to be cast in the preceding roles that I've had in my life yeah, where I so could have. So then uh, guilt is anger that you don't feel you have the right to have. And mm -hmm. so you don't feel you have the right to say, I won't be there. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, uh, but then you are manipulated. Oh, I made my favorite recipe. You know, we, <laughs> well, we did this for you and no one else. The entire family is meeting for you. And if you're not there, we're just going to sit. No, none of that's real. Guilt is not a real thing, but yet it controls people to a ridiculous degree. Mm -hmm. Guilt, when it transmutes, and you can get it to transmute, guilt, when you transmute it, becomes freedom. This is the deal. You can set yourself free. You, now you really do have to install the equipment that puts up a little flag that says, guilt! You know, and you halt in your tracks because you're guilty. You know, that sort of thing. No, it, it's no longer. No, we don't have to be guilt. Um, guilt turns into, um, anytime you see someone hurting themselves purposely, you're looking at somebody that feels very guilty, which would include going to Thanksgiving you don't want to go to. Well, if we look at that under the same thing we were talking about earlier, about yeah. work, mm -hmm. and a concept I was presenting earlier in the show, uh, do you view spirituality as things to resist? Um, or things to step into boldly and grow from, then the family would fall under that category too. And I'm not talking about Thanksgiving, and your point is well, well sure. taken, that we have to be able to say no and not do things out of guilt oblige, and, and that's extremely valuable advice. But what if, and this is what I believe to be true, what if the family you have is the very thing that was perfect for you to understand yourself and, the, and how to break out of beliefs. And the only way to break out of beliefs is if we have a strong belief ourselves. And the family gives that resistance in order to provide that. Yeah. Everyone's born into the perfect family. It's mm -hmm. really diabolically So what do they have for you? Yes. What gift do they, what gift does it all bring? Do we have a call? Uh, we have the next, uh, this is just the latest painting oh. that I've been up to this is um, about to come on the screen, as I understand the, the um, oh, there, oh, God, yes. This is, uh, you remember the Adams family, yes, and you remember cousin... Thing. Uh, thing, just thing, there was cousin it, thing. It had hair. Yes. Thing was the hand. And the hand that ran around. Well, the hand that ran around, this is its cousin, foot. No, actually, it's a uh, it's, no, this foot is around. <laughs> It's a footerang, you know, a boomerang, foot, fine. It's landing gear is down. No, it's Edgar Gorey's pull toy. There we go. Or it's either, which it's a choice of paths, the, the fast track or the path of ascension. There you go. And they will sell you one or the other on this planet, let me tell you. Interesting, though, all the way around. Yes, uh, your paintings are always very thought-provoking. 
Yes, there's nothing like provoking thoughts. Like if you have them in a cage and you poke them, the cage is your brain and mm -hmm. poking is the pencil you stick in your ear. Okay, fine. So we're talking about well, spirituality in everyday life. Okay, and, and then the, uh, the category of money. We often think that you know, money is this energy that runs us more or less, but what if we approach our life boldly and as gifts, every experience, and that it's not a matter of fleeing and hiding from them, but we really take it, then we are interacting with our life and the beautiful things that we set into motion on a higher level before we came here, or some consciousness did. Mm -hmm. So if we really interact with that in a spirit of love and openness with the desire to grow and to understand and gain wisdom, then it would stand to reason our energy would too, which is what money is a crystallization of often. So if our energy is flowing and not resisting any aspect of our life, then it would stand to reason that money would too. But a lot of our old spiritual teachings tell us that money is evil, and so we deal with our beliefs about that. So essentially it's saying your energy, your love, is evil. That's why in a lot of divorces, males just traditionally have not been brought up being in touch with their feelings as much, and so when there's pain in a relationship, often it comes in the form of them controlling money, trying to act out their pain over the relationship by uh, not giving a wife who raised their children, you know, an equitable distribution or something like that. Money really is love, and how you act out your relationship with money is how you act out the relationship with love in life. So you can bring your spirituality into the money too by seeing it as a flow of your own energy. Yeah. Your own love. All aspects of everything is an aspect of love, absolutely. Well, what are, what are some of your thoughts in that line? About... Um, Spirituality and the idea of having to make money and... Well, you, in, um, you, you've had some really brilliant ideas about this, so if you don't mind, I'll remind you about like the non-money paradigm. We've often talked about FPA is a non-money paradigm. Mm -hmm. Everybody that does this show does it of their own free will uh, with, without compensation. Uh, and so it's a non-money type paradigm. Yeah, it's entirely possible. Uh, all of the advanced planet, when a planet becomes an advanced planet, which is not this one, in case you were thinking, oh, we're getting so, no. This is not an advanced planet. You can tell it's an advanced planet because um, money isn't. It's not done with money. Money was invented to make barter easier. But the truth of the matter, in case we don't know it, the truth of the matter is the only thing we've got here is time. And therefore, the only thing that's valuable is time. So, of course, that was counterfeited with the expression, time is money. Time is not money. Time is time, and money is money. They're separate. They aren't the same thing. You can be put to sleep and told, but you could also wake up and realize, however that works for you, but do think about that. So the only real value is time. The only thing we have here is time. So the time we spent being distracted, what percent of the time do we spend being distracted? Mm, including sleep, mm, 95.78, like that. And, okay, so we don't have to be distracted. 
what would you do if you weren't distracted? What if not our program? What if you didn't watch TV? What if you wrote or read or uh, did a hobby or found some other form of creation to take the... They say the average American is spending five hours a day in front of a TV. I think it's eight. Yeah, I think if you didn't have to sleep, it would be 26 hours a day. But nonetheless... It's a full-time job, man. Yes, being distracted. And as long as we're distracted, we can be manipulated. And as long as, <laughs> as long as we are guilty, we can be manipulated. And that's pretty much what they offer here, especially in America. But let's just use the planet as the example. You're guilty, you're distracted, and you're manipulated. And that's about it. it you know, we've said on this show how, how many times, who is the only authority figure on this planet? Who, 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 who? Somebody call in with the answer. Yes. Okay. And um, the crew knows because they've heard it directly so many times. No, it's time the for us to know. The crew is the authority figure. Yeah, it's time for us to Donnie. know that we are our authority figure. We're it. We tell the bod what to do. So far, they haven't come up with science to tell it for us. They're working on it. Believe me, there's a bunch of people in labs with lab coats and haven't shaved, washed, or slept in weeks trying to figure out how to get a button to make you go to work. And, and, and fear and guilt and money don't have to be that button. And that's the, you know, as long as we cannot be distracted, we can take over the, uh, the world again. We can make it so that nobody has a lock, not a lock on anything. Because nobody would steal anything. Why would they? Why would I steal something? If I don't have one of my own, then I have to get it from me. I'm not going to get it from somebody else. And the word want, there's a clever method by which we do nothing. Want takes it and pitches it into a non-specific future. I want you to know that. That means you'll never know it, because I just pitched it somewhere. Want separates you. Need separates you. We were talking about money. Go on, say, I need money. What does a need to want do? <laughs> yeah, it just, just messes with it. Now it's gone into another dimension. You can't get it back without a dimensional later. And they haven't invented that yet. But there's a guy in a lab coat that hasn't washed or shaved who's working on the dimensional later. And he'll come up with it sooner or later. And then down that rhyme scheme path. <laughs> now, it's the idea that we're in charge of our lives. Could we please act like it? If absolutely no human being went to work tomorrow, let's say you take off, what month? Let's say you take off till July. You got enough in the bank. Absolutely everyone quits. Ah, there's a revolution. I feel sorry for that patient on the iron lung, though. Yeah. <laughs> it was a joke. Go ahead. Yeah. It was yeah. a joke. It's a good one. Except for the iron lung. Do they have iron lungs? I don't know. It was just popped into my inhale, head. It? it was just chaotic, popped into the head thing. The magnet could mess that up good. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I think one of the things that what you were just saying really brings home is spirituality is a state of mind and it's a state of being present and the state of seeing that everything is on your side and everything is is good. It, yeah. It's for your higher good. Not that there's good and bad, but that yeah. whatever it is, Evolution. is moving you forward. Evolution is a yeah. whatever way. Um, 
when uh, we had the call earlier, and he, he, uh, one right. of the, the questions was, do you believe the, the world is perfect? And I really like your description of perfect and ideal, because, yeah, it's perfect. But what we think of perfect is from a very limited perspective, and I'm going to call that ideal. I don't know if this is exactly what you mean when you say this, but this is what uh, that inspired in me to think, is that we have an ideal, and right now we have this list, this external yardstick that says doing this is good, being healthy and living a full lifespan until you're 85 or whatever it is, and doing this and this and this, and it's this whole thing of perfect, what we call our, our ideal, this ideal life that we all raise our children, they grow up to be doctors, they, they worship us in our old age and take care of us, and we live to a ripe old age, die in our sleep. And it's all this stuff that we picture as being ideal. We have this perfect amount of attention and all this. And then forevermore, we are taking every experience we have in life and comparing it to this yardstick. And either it fails or it succeeds. And that comparison is the, the zone in which we find unhappiness and in which we are distracted from having the experience of ourselves and that we have to keep coming back until we get done with that distraction of comparison. So the perfect world is what actually is. And when you focus your attention on it freely, you see the perfection. But if you're in a state of comparison to this ideal that was set forth by your parents, or the church, or something outside of you, it's going to be a perpetual state of unhappiness. Yeah, constant disappointment. So we do that in our life, and we call the yardstick perfect, perfect world, or we call it um, what our objective reality, whatever it mm. is that we're comparing. And we walk around with marbles, and we have a black marble and a white marble, and one goes in the good and one goes in the bad. Every experience is judged. Really. I can't tell anybody the exact path for them. All I know is the path I'm on and share it. And maybe it will inspire you to find your path. And we never get finished baking. It's not like one day there's going to be a God that just drops out of us in physical form and says, ah, I have evolved. And there's no one, no one on the planet Earth that has done that. We are all in a state of constant growth and evolution. I look back at myself two years ago and, and see that I've come such a long way. I mean, that's never going to stop. This is the way. So when something, there, there are the two worlds, the perfect world and the ideal world. And in the perfect world, when something goes wrong, your only recourse is to recognize why that's perfect. Yeah. And that will cut enormous amounts of static out of the field. In the ideal world, your only recourse is disappointment. Mm -hmm. And so that Comparison. is why the, the, you know, the new age that's staged in the ideal world is doomed to failure because people aren't ideal, people are perfect. Mm -hmm. And the definition of the two words would do well in understanding, see, uh, the spirituality, you know, where you are not maligned by um, anger, fear, doubt, worry, the list. Um, but if, if something happens and you look for why that's perfect, oh, that's a very different world to live I know, in. I know. And that's being fully present and allowing yeah. spirituality to coexist with you everywhere you are. Okay, well, thank you. And yeah. it is duck time. Time for the duck. Das Itty Duck.
Ja, ja, duck. Duck, duck, goose, goose. All right, goose. well. Do, 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 do. And here's our dangler. Yes. Mr. Michael, our, our retiree. Okay, have you been, what have you been putting off? Don't ruminate any longer. It is time to take action. That would be a rumor. And just easier this one. Great changes are underway. It's time to open up to your potential. Let your light shine for all the world to see. Sounds lovely. Yes, indeed. Yes, yeah. indeed. That's Thank you. Excellent deck. There we go. Thank you, Michael. Oh, some mighty fine duck dangling. Mm-hmm. Duck wrangler extraordinaire. Yeah. Duck dangler. Yeah. So, uh, in general, the, the idea of looking uh, at people uh, from the point of view of what was the intent in that, mm -hmm. uh, and in yourself, what deeds am I doing the opposite of the way we're... Uh, apparently wired to be will Yeah, will that's so that's so good uh, because I think also people's deeds people hold on to this will be a whole other show topic on relationships but people will hold on to a relationship out of the the idea that there's such great potential or that they are good underneath all that we still have to live our life based on actions speaking louder than words as far mm -hmm. as what our decisions are, but we can have great compassion and know that if someone is c creating pain, that they're being, that yeah. they're in pain. If you create pain, you're in pain. All right. That is basically the uh, scenario. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, this is Edith. Edith. Hi, Edith. All right. How are we doing? Good. I just called for a reading from Mary, and I'll take the answer off the air. Well, okay. thank you, Edith. Yeah. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Okay, let's see what we got here. All right, the first card we get is maturity. And there's such a lovely rainbow-esque look to this, this card, you know, all the colors. And so it's saying that you have everything that you require to go for the long haul, wherever you wish to go. And it talks about longe longevity as well. And so to reconnect, you know, this isn't anything like to say, oh, women are victims or anything like that, but we all, the men too, have their own it, things that they are born carrying uh, because of our societal beliefs. And one of the things with women is most of the time we just have this idea that we're somehow not good enough, that we're not lovable, we don't deserve love. And it's, it's underneath in a lot of cases, and I feel like what this is saying is that there's such a richness of you coming into your own about loving yourself and that you could really share this with others, your path. And I, apparently the second card agrees with this. Success is really the idea of um, walking on, on the earth. I'm on the top of the world looking down on creation. Well, success comes when we get that higher perspective, when we start seeing the fuller picture and that our experiences really are strokes of paint on the, on the painting that is us and our soul. And so that success is coming that you don't have to reach out and try, quote unquote, so hard anymore. Just sit still because those that are to be drawn to you will be drawn to you. And you're going to see great evidence of appreciation coming up as well. So just be open Excellent. to receiving that. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
Hi, caller. What's your name, please? This is Marilyn. How Marilyn. are you guys doing oh. this evening? Hey. Oh, good, good, good. What can we do um, for you? Well, I really enjoyed the conversation and the show this evening. And, Thank you. Uh, you guys are looking well. Thank you. I would love to get a reading with Mary. Okay. Well, thank you for calling in. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thanks. And for those that are new to the show, we I I always offer readings after the duck, but you're welcome to call in any time during the show with questions. We welcome that, and we love and honor everyone who calls, and so thank you. Um, The first card is totality, I believe. Yes. And that is talking often about finishing up one thing before you begin another and that it will make that next thing really focused and move quickly. So this could be a time of you tying up loose ends, maybe just putting things to rest that you're complete with and and saying, you know, I'm not going to get back to that. Let's just declare that done because there are new things waiting to come through in life. This transformation card is talking about taking something and transforming it into something else rather than ending something and beginning something completely new. when I first looked at that, I felt like it could be a relationship uh, that it's saying that maybe start looking at this as transforming into something new and remember your power to do so. And then this is a card of postponement and you can see he's living in the black and white world waiting for the day to come to live in the color world, but yet it's seeping into the present moment around the throat chakra. So this could be time maybe to call someone and just tie up loose ends, either put it to rest or take it to the next level. So thank you. Excellent. And uh, Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, my name's Edna. Edna. Hi. 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 How, how are I, you? I'm doing good. Thank you. Um, I would like a reading, please, and I'll take it off. Uh, okay. Well, thank you, Edna. Thanks so much for calling. Mm-hmm. Yes, we really appreciate everyone that calls. The first card is projection. Uh, First of all, everything in our life is some kind of a projection of what our beliefs are and what our feelings are and what our uh, dreams are and all that. So we have so much control over it just in that manner. But what this is saying is sometimes we may find ourselves behaving in a way that we think everyone is expecting us to or a particular person and it gets really heavy after a while. And so you may have experienced that in the, in the not too distant past. And trying to set that down can, can cause the mind to spin. Now this card is really representing the mind as a piece of machinery. I know it's kind of creepy looking, but it's basically just a machine. And, and what it's saying is you run something through the mind, you get the mind's input, that's great. But when you run it over and over, it starts the, the engine starts getting stressed out and you just shred it like paper, like a paper shredder. So it's saying don't, don't review things too, too much. Just let your knowing happen and move forward. And this is a card about clinging to the past. And so not only do we let everybody be who they are in present time by not tying in the past, but do that with yourself too. And if we look at all of that, you know, the, um, I would say that there might be a situation I feel a little confined in and I would be better served to look at it with new eyes and move forward and not be bound okay. uh, into that situation. Mm-hmm. Now, are we out of time? Uh, no, we've got a few minutes. Um, okay. Is the Arcturian, I believe, is the seventh? Is that yes, correct? this Saturday. Arcturian, this Saturday night, we're doing the 
uh, Arcturian meditation, which is an opportunity to get in touch with uh, very advanced beings that are very, very loving, uh, that have information for you as an individual uh, that you may wish to access that's uh, uh, in Reston. And the information's on the website. And uh, let me see what else we're going to... Uh, your, your which you teach so many things. What's this? I uh, don't really have anything coming up. Okay, all right. Uh, we're going to be at Ruby Tuesdays, by the way, if you're out and about and don't mind the new word for winter, which is, of course, polar vortex. <laughs> uh, it'll be listed in history that uh, this was the year. They'll say next year, but this was the year where it became the word for deep winter, dead of winter, uh, completely freezing your posterior off with a sudden crashing sound winter. That's when it hits the sidewalk and breaks into a million pieces. Oh, yes, what a, one way to lose weight. Yeah, there you go. You could. It would be beautiful. And it's, yeah, depending on the eyes. But um, I'll be having a one-man show coming up in Reston on the 6th of March. And uh, let me see what else. We'll talk more about it later. Uh, well, you have some paintings on display at oh. the Reston Workhouse. I'm mean, not Reston. The Art yeah. Center, the Workhouse in Art um, Center in Lorton. Lorton. Yeah. Uh, the uh, for those, yeah, I, I'm going to post that on Facebook shortly. But the uh, uh, Heart Portal in the Woods is on display there, and five other pastels, uh, all in gallery. So, um, well, and I'd like to just remind people that they can go to the website telepathictv.com and look under your links, um, Neville, and it has Neville's art, and you can go in there and look at it all. You can even order like greeting cards with his pictures on it and prints and stuff very reasonably. And you can do readings with all four of my decks. I have them up there free, free to just go oh, yeah, in and that's totally play excellent. with. Yeah, yeah. And, um, there are some meditations and lots of other things on our website, so mm -hmm. partake. Yeah, it's a very and, excellent and consider, thing. And consider reviewing your life as all being on holy ground and all a spiritual path, and there's nothing you have to flee from or get to, that you're in the right place, there's no finish line, and there's no race. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just and relax, enjoy the ride. Everything that has ever happened in your life has been on your side. There are zero exceptions it is a matter of time until you catch on to why that was on your side. Uh, another way in which you can expedite recognizing the thing being on your side is to take a look at the words that you've recorded the event in because the words are totally preventing you from understanding what happened. A um, word is to your mind as a program is to a computer. If you think the word, it sets off a program. So we have these little bunches of uh, things that would unfold were they not encapsulated in the words we've been told to imprison them in. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's just, it's on That's your side. True. The question is why, not if. That's if true. is in and of itself a uh, code that takes your power of decision from you, if you mm -hmm. know what I mean, and you knew if what I meant until you know. I said, yeah. If I'm elected, cannot vote for that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyhow. Well, it was our joy and honor, and thank you to everybody that called in. And we will yeah, see you call next in week. Again. We love people calling in. It just brings life into the show. It's absolutely delightful.
well, there's life here, yeah. too, but it brings a much different yeah. energy Planetary. and a great, yeah. yeah, it does. It's wonderful. Yeah, it you is. are our third guest, yes. or our guest. And wear a suit when you're watching this show. <laughs> and pretty soon you'll have to put makeup on because we're going to be HD. It was our joy and honor to take you to the door. I'll have to share it with Thank you.